If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 594. Took a look at the calendar, Stella Chung, and the uh, episode 600. It's going to be right after the Xbox showcase. Oh. So that should be uh, be an interesting time. At least we won't get totally washed away yeah. in the, in the, in the uh, crush of, of all the Xbox news. But in any case... We've got six episodes to go first, starting right here on episode four, uh, 594. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Stella Chung. Always good to see you. Yeah, good to see you in office, in person. Yes, here we are in Meet Space. Always fun. Uh, but joining us virtually is Destin Legary from the greater Los Angeles area. Hey, Destin. Bam. Hey, everybody. And returning to Unlocked, it has been far too long. So happy to have him back. He is a wonderful YouTuber. Check out his channel, Neo Gamespark. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you so much, Ryan. Always a pleasure to see you. Destin, great seeing you again. It's been a while. And Stella, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. So, uh, Neo, you've, uh, I was taking a look right before the show. You are, you are sitting on the precipice of 60,000 subs on YouTube. You were literally at 59.9. And if I mouse over, it wouldn't show me like how close, close. So everybody, at, by the end of the show, he's going to win you over. <laughs> Go to his YouTube channel sub and let's push him over that 60k mark uh neo welcome too kind too kind thank you my brother absolutely uh all right let's get rolling here with look at this a little quick blast from the past before we uh -huh. before we jump nice. into the other topics the kind folks at hyperkin sent these over these are the hyperkin xenon controllers they are wired uh the, the cord is in the box uh but so they're you know th that at least makes them affordable they're 50 bucks Trying to replicate that Xbox 360 feel. Four colors, as you see in front of us here on the wide shot on the desk. We got the classic white, black as well, which of course was introduced with the Xbox 360 Elite about a year or two in. And then we've got a red and a pink over there as well. So I haven't actually tried it with a game. I literally opened it. The box was yeah. had arrived. Uh, it, I just cracked them open for this so we can at least, uh, at least take a look at them. What do you think, Stella? I think it looks nice. 
nice. I it just brings me back to the days where I was jealous that all my friends had consoles and I didn't though. So, you know, brings brings back like some bittersweet memories, but it looks really cool. I remember that logo being like, oh, that's so sleek and yeah. shiny. I love that. Yeah, of course, share button added because it is uh it is a Series X controller. And I will say that the D-pad even looks and feels like the 360, oh, yeah, which, which would be the one better thing. and worse. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe we should have it. updated that a little <laughs> yeah. bit. We'll yeah. see. I don't know. I haven't again, haven't actually tried it, but uh, but yeah, good stuff. So if you want to throw back to the the Xbox 360 past, uh, these are out next month. They're out in June. Look them up. The Hyperkin Xenon controller available in a few different colors there uh, also next month is the xbox game showcase it is exactly one month from tomorrow so we're recording on may 10th it's june 11th is when that's happening so again we will have that live for you here on ign we'll have the unlock crew uh, doing a live pre-show where we'll do our last-minute predictions, our last-minute thoughts. We'll talk about anything that may have leaked, which hopefully it won't this year. Last year, I don't think anything. I don't think, I think so. last year was pretty uh, airtight. So yeah. hopefully that'll be the case again uh, for 2023. And then immediately following the well, immediately following the Xbox Game Showcase is the Starfield Direct, which we will carry for you as well. We'll go right into that, and then we'll come back to us to react. To everything that you saw that'll officially be unlocked 599 so Ooh, that's a pretty good one and then yeah. 600 you know it hopefully it's the start of a new uh 100 episode series where games are good <laughs> yes. uh yeah well we we talked a lot about that last week with redfall um we don't need to go there anymore so let's but what I would, I do want to circle back to one thing last week so as many of you may have seen our friends at kind of funny Landed Mr. Phil Spencer last week. Now, apparently it was pre-booked because uh, Paris Lily sort of alluded to that during the interview. And to Phil's credit, in, in probably one of the worst weeks of his entire tenure as head of Xbox, he showed up. He could have he could have said, you know, he could have had his his people say, oh, well, Phil's in a bunch of meetings. Sorry, he can't make this. But he he showed up and he, you know, he stood the, the, the linebackers were all blitzing and he stood in the pocket and, and uh, took the heat, took the questions. And uh, I wanted to start with with something that Phil said. And rather than me read it to you like I normally would, our super producer Red actually has this teed up because I want you to hear this from in Phil's words, because, again, overall, I thought Phil's appearance, it was it was as usual, it was very honest. It was pretty transparent. It was, you know, it was he was humble. He took full responsibility. He said, literally, I take full responsibility for the Redfall situation. But that's not what I want to talk about because we we hit on Redfall thoroughly last week. What I want to talk about is what Phil had to say about Microsoft's place in the console race, as it were, the the this this three company competition. So, Red, if you'll play that, this is about a three-minute clip. So if you haven't heard, if you've already heard this. Hear it one more time, and if you haven't, just take a listen, take a watch. Stuff. I will say this might be disruptive as well. Um, we have a different vision. You know, Paris talked about this. It's play the games you want with the people you want anywhere you want. We want Xbox to be something that people who buy our console can feel like they're a member of. Obviously, who are playing on PC, who are playing on cloud, that they feel like feel like they're full members. Um, of our ecosystem. Game Pass players can play um, on many different devices and, and we remain fully committed to that. Um, we're not in the business of out-consoling Sony or out-consoling Nintendo. 
um, there isn't really a great solution or win for us. And I know that will upset a ton of people, but it's just the truth of the matter is that when you're third place in the console marketplace and the top two players are as strong as they are and have, um, in certain cases, a very, very dis discreet focus on doing deals and other things that will um, that kind of make being Xbox hard for us as a team that's on us, not on anybody else. Our vision is that everybody who's on console has to feel like they have a great experience and they're a first-class citizen. They've invested a ton in our platform, but we are not in a position, and I, I see it out there. I see commentary that if you just build great games, everything would turn around. It's just not true that if we go off and build great games, all of a sudden you're going to see console share shift in some dramatic way. We lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox One generation where everybody built their digital library of games. Um, so when you go and you're building on Xbox, we want our Xbox community to feel awesome. But this idea that if we just focused more on great games on our console, that somehow we're going to win the console race, I think doesn't really lay into the reality of most people, like 90% of the people every year who walk into a retailer to buy a console are already a member of one of the three ecosystems and their digital library is there. This is the first generation where the big games that they're playing um, were games that were available last gen. When you think about Fortnite and Roblox and Minecraft, like the continuity from generation to generation is so strong. I see a lot of pundits out there that kind of want to go back to the time where we all had cartridges and discs and every new generation was a clean slate and you could switch the whole console share. That's just not the world that we are in today. There is no world where Starfield's an 11 out of 10 and people start selling their PS5s. That's not going to happen. Um, so what we have to do, and we have this unique vision because we see what creators want to do. Creators want to build games that can meet players on any screen. People play with their friends regardless of what other screen they're on. And the console is the core of the Xbox brand. There's no doubt. So, so like we will stay focused on making sure that console experience is awesome. But I know some people want to hold us up of just being a better green version of what the blue guys do. Um, and I'm just going to say, like, there's not a win for Xbox in staying in the wake of somebody else. We have to go off and do our own thing with Game Pass, with the stuff we do with xCloud and the way we build our games. Sorry, I was a little long-winded. No, right. right. So shout out to Snowbike Mike, Gary Witta, Paris Lilly uh, did a great job on that interview. And I, so I've got thoughts. I, I don't think he's necessarily wrong i'm not saying he's factually wrong about about that stuff but i also don't agree with him but i want to go around the table and, and i'll make that make sense i promise i'm going to start with destin on this and then i'm going to go to neo and then stella and i'll bring it back around uh for my own little monologue here destin what are your thoughts on what phil spencer just said we know he's talking about the console race we know that he's discussing where they sit in terms of console share they just posted a 30% loss year over year in terms of console sales. Um, the problem is the takeaway from this is Xbox is losing. We're always going to lose. And that's just been the message that was the takeaway. I disagree about doing the interview. I think he should have waited. Uh, he'd been being feeling beat up for a few 
days or this likely happened like a day or two after the red ball launch and everyone was like what is happening with xbox and then he does this interview and when he says stuff like if you just make great games everything will turn around and he sort of seems to disagree with that statement uh people were really taken aback they're like what are, what are you talking about now we know that he's saying they're still going to make great games but that's not what's going to win them the console race because he's specifically speaking about consoles but that's not the general takeaway the general takeaway is xbox is losing they're going to keep losing and uh it's it seems like there wasn't a focus on making great games now again i want to preface that by saying of course they're going to make great games but the general consensus is not taking that part away from the messaging that Phil had. And throughout, he's very dour. He's very clearly uh, having a rough week. And I think he should have skipped this because I think it was uh, damaging to morale on the, the Xbox fan base side and really had a lot of people wondering, well, okay, well, that this interview didn't make me feel more excited about Xbox at the end of the day, right? So uh, that's sort of my two cents on it. Yeah, the, and the, the, the part of his bad week that you didn't mention was a, a couple days before that, uh, before Redfall, CMA. the CMA had been blocked, had blocked the uh, Activision Blizzard deal. So uh, Neo GameSpark, I know you and I were DMing about this. I know you've, you've got well, we opinions were. here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely got some opinions. Um, now, full disclosure, like I really like Phil. I think Phil's a cool dude. I think everyone will agree. It's nice to see somebody like Phil in the industry. Now, that being said, just because Phil's a great guy and he comes on these shows and he's honest and transparent, that really doesn't do anything for me, the gamer. Because at the end of the day, the relationship that I have with Phil Spencer or with any of these other executives at any tech company, the relationship I have is I'm the consumer, I'm buying their product, and if I am not getting value from the product and what you're saying is not giving me confidence as a consumer, I'm going to raise some eyebrows. And this interview, like I said, kudos to Phil for doing it. Kudos to the kind of funny guys for hosting it. This did not inspire confidence. And to piggyback off of what Destin says, of course, everybody knows that they're going to build great games. They've got great games in the pipeline. But when you come out there and you, it's like Phil is taking it to the opposite end of the spectrum, where in some reality, he thinks the only way or success is dictated by them beating out Sony or them beating out Nintendo. I don't think there's any world, any reality where Xbox ever beats out those companies, right? Just because of who they are and what they do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't make an impact in the industry. Like I'll take it back to 2021. I think everyone will agree that that was such an exciting year, yes. at least in modern Xbox history, right? You know, yep. you had a pretty solid E3 showing, you had the six and six plan, Game Pass was going crazy. There were all these like smaller updates here and there, like from FPS boost to like, it was a very exciting time to be an Xbox fan. And then all of that went away in 2022. And in 2023, your first big game is Redfall. Like, again, it goes back to the optics. We talked about this a couple of times that I've been on the show. Optics is everything when it comes to Xbox. And when you're in the position of Xbox where you have everything in the world to prove, you can't come out here and say statements like that. That's damaging to the brand, right? And on the cusp, like the release of Redfall, the first major game from your Bethesda acquisition, the game that whether it was on Redfall's shoulders or not to deliver, that was the game that people were looking at like, okay, you know what? Sell me on the Xbox ecosystem, sell me on Game Pass. And it comes out and it does that. And then you come out here and you say that. I, I, 
I, I'm just, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Like Xbox can be a successful brand. It doesn't have to beat PlayStation or Nintendo, but if you can cultivate a great library of games, a great ecosystem, constant Game Pass drops, you're going to have people out there who may be like, all right, PlayStation will always be my primary platform. I will always buy games on PlayStation, but I'm going to pick up an Xbox for the games that I can't get there. Or, you know, like all those other features that they add that we always talk about is great value, like backwards compatibility, like reconstructing the frame rate for something like OG Red Dead Redemption. So it runs at 4K. Like these are all these great things, but they're sprinkles. You have to have the cake. If you were going to sell something, Destin, Destin's got his own side hustle going on. He <laughs> makes cakes, you know, like he makes the cookies and everything. You have to build that stuff and xbox has not done a great job and i think a lot of people are just tired of it for you know two major blockbuster releases in a row from halo infinite and then now redfall i i want to comment on something you said actually because you brought up the third party deals and how you know that does hurt xbox well they bought bethesda and they took Redfall off PlayStation, and we assume that Starfield would have been released on PlayStation, and now those are Xbox exclusives. So Xbox does the same stuff, right? They're doing it on a bigger scale, and they say they're not going to do that. So I, I do find it interesting is like, well, Starfield's not going to move systems, but you are kind of doing a, something similar to what Sony is doing, but you just buy the whole company versus striking third-party exclusivity deals. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fair point. Uh, and we're just, of course, just starting to see Bethesda's output since by prior con contractual arrangement, the first two, two of the most recent big Bethesda releases since Microsoft acquired the company went to the PlayStation 5 first. Mm -hmm. uh, Stella, your thoughts on Mr. Spencer's very interesting <laughs> comments there. Um, yeah, I don't think it gives a lot of faith to the uh community but also i it's weird i kind of get what he's saying i understand that he is trying to say xbox isn't just the console anymore it is this whole ecosystem which is so it's weird because like i didn't come into playing any console game for a really long time right because all i could afford was pc um so for me i kind of missed that era where people chose a console over the other and like really um chose like a side to the war and and so it's really weird to me when i when i get people being like oh why are you playing on the ps5 i'm like you're on the xbox show and i'm like i because i like this game and i just happen to get it <laughs> so for me i like as someone who is who was a very casual like console fan and uh, hearing this i'm like okay that makes sense he's trying to adapt xbox to take on this modern ecosystem where a lot of games even from playstation now which was unheard of is coming to pc so he is trying and even cloud gaming which i know cloud gaming has not done well before but xbox is definitely doing it a little bit better than um what a lot of other companies did like looking at stadia um so it just feels like they're investing in a future that current players are not really ready for and for me as someone who wasn't really like dedicated to the xbox or ps uh or playstation i'm just like okay this makes sense right because like a lot of people are buying pcs you know they're learning how to build things they realize oh i can save a lot more money by investing in this one build and then you know maybe getting a console on the side like i did to like save space on the pc or you know i heard that uh something has better performance on the xbox let's go do that so um yeah, I just feel like it's it's like one of those things. It's like Titanfall where they tried to do the whole multiplayer, no single player campaign thing early. And it feels like maybe this just isn't the time for it. Yeah. Um, and they're also just, it seems like there's just so much acquisition trying to happen that 
there's like you, you can slow down right like we know that you're this major pillar you can slow down um but it just seems like it's kind of like it's a snowball effect so so you think am i hearing you correctly in that you think phil phil's kind of playing a game by rules that haven't quite been not i won't say invented yet but like Normalized. accepted normalized yeah right? yeah that. yeah i think because like you know um i mean i don't know when the original titanfall released but like years after people were like oh you 20, know what 2014 14 thank you Mark. oh god <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2014 up on 10 years okay great but yeah so it's like <laughs> it's like seeing that and then now it's like oh that would have been great so it feels like he's trying to future proof but he really needs to give us the confidence that this is going to even make it to that future right that's well said yeah, so, yeah that's, that's kind of what I got from that. So for me, as somebody that's known Phil professionally for a very long time, covered this brand forever, um, and I've hosted, <laughs> I've hosted this show through the worst years of Xbox, <laughs> through the man's, absolute man's like, in the, trenches. the bottom. Yeah, like I've been here. Uh, <laughs> like whatever street cred <laughs> there is in terms of Xbox podcasting, I like to think I have it. But you know, his point about about losing the worst generation to lose with the Xbox One and where digital ecosystems really started to cement. That's well taken. His point's well taken on that. But th my interpretation of what he said is that he is effectively content to be in third place. And that's what rankles me as... A, I'm a competitive person. It, <laughs> it may not come across on... But like I, when I do things, I want to be the best at them. I want to win. Uh, and maybe it's just because I've been a big sports fan my whole life, but I was about to bring up the Suns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we're, we're not sitting pretty right now, down three two, but yeah. we're going home. We'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. But um, you know, Phil, he, he said you could, you can, and then you could hear the like irritation in his voice when he mentioned the third, like, uh, well, other other companies do things, do deals that make it tough for us on Xbox. Um, you know, deals that. They used to do. Yeah. <laughs> they used to do them. Mm -hmm. And and the and their the customers benefited. The Xbox customers benefited from those deals. Um, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna get yeah. to those. If, I have a long, long, long list of those uh that I'm gonna I, refresh your memory on here in a minute. Yeah. Um sorry, did you wanna chime in? I, I was just gonna say, I, I feel like what if him saying that like we're okay being in third place is like we're not trying to be competitive, like we're trying to take that pressure off of being Xbox, right? Like, do you think that's anything to do with that? Like trying to maybe temper expectations and say we we're not trying to be the best, we just want to be good, and we don't really care about the the war. Maybe I mean, well, yeah, I definitely think he's trying to say, hey, we're we're fighting a different battle than these guys. Yeah. Um, and that, again, I won't I won't disagree with that because he's the head of the company. And if that's, you know, <laughs> that is what he's trying to do, there's, then there is absolutely truth to that. Yeah. But the customers, you know, what, one thing the 360 did exceptionally well was it went after the hardcore gamer first above, you know, the, the connect came way later, the metric horseshit came later, uh, and then it like went off a cliff with Xbox One trying to be the literally the all-in-one box, the name of the console yeah. from day one, and it didn't work because PlayStation 
basically P- Sony ran the 360 playbook on the PS4 and it worked. They did it brilliantly. Mm-hmm. They made an x86 based machine and they corded, they got their, they got their hardware into developers hands really early and they got tons of developers on board and they, they executed the Xbox 360 playbook brilliantly. They saw, well, our whole like our whole Sony way of doing things that they, which having just custom hardware that like, well, you're yeah, just, just do what you got to do. You're going to build for our hardware because we're Sony, we're PlayStation. They threw it out the window with the PS4, and that was a big reason. That was a big reason why the PS4 was so successful. But And then Microsoft, of course, you know, we've tread that ground over and over. They made all the mistakes you can make. But getting back to what, what Phil was saying here. So he, the part that I think really jumped out for a lot of people, including me, said he he doesn't think that building great games will bring people to the platform. That if Starfield's an 11 out of 10, it won't. It effectively won't matter. Now, this is a guy who, and I was for the life of me trying to find this on Google, and I couldn't find it ahead of the show. I will confess that. But I this knowledge this exists in my head. I promise you, this is this is out there somewhere. I did an interview with Phil right after he became the head of Xbox in March of 2014. And I asked him, like, what, you know, do you want, do you want to win? He said, yes, I want to win. He said that nine years ago. Now, people change, things change, plans change, (laughs) pandemics change the world and industries and things like that. But in 2014, this is a guy who told me, I want to win. And, and I, what I can tell you too is, there's a, a, I can't name any names here, but a, a long time Xbox employee reached out to me privately to, to tell me that this, that Phil's comment, that this bothered that person. Like the, the, the lack of the competitive fire, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it bothered, uh, clearly it's bothered a lot of people in the Xbox community. You've heard it on, from the panelists, from me now, and you've seen it on, online. And, you know, you can you can basically. I think you can, you can interpret this as Phil saying, "We're content with doing just enough to keep people subscribing to Game Pass on whatever platform they want, and we're gonna we're gonna try and make them happy Game Pass customers." And that's like, I want a head of Xbox that wants to be number one. I, you know, is that you can have he both shouldn't. things. He should not have done that interview. And that's why everybody gives him kudos for the interview. I'm like, I think it was the wrong move. He's not in the right headspace. He was wearing his heart on on his sleeve like he usually does. But exactly what you're describing, Ryan, is the problem. It it didn't have that air of confidence that he typically has. The troops were not rallied by this Phil Spencer appearance. No. Internally or in the community. Can I interject something real quick in regards to his comment on we're not uh trying to win we're trying to do something different now I'll, I'll humor phil for a second obviously if you know their plan it's about game pass growing the brand outside of xbox the console they want it on your tvs they want it on your smartphones your fridges whatever that being said how in the world are you going to get people to subscribe to that service if you're not putting out a steady string of quality games and regardless of whether or not he thinks starfield being 11 out of 10 will sw- sway people over games are what build platforms and in some situation games carry some platforms that you're still wondering to this day why they don't have some features i mean like nintendo said this exact same thing with the wii u 
when they were getting, you know, like beaten in sales left, right and center. Oh, we're not trying to compete with PlayStation or Xbox. And then we saw what happened with the Wii U. And then they came out with the Switch. And then they stopped saying that because their games were carrying the system so much to a point where people were putting aside their usual like preconceived notions about platforms. They're like, you know what? It's on the Switch. It's portable. I like this. And people were rebuying games on the Switch that ran at half the frame rate and half the resolution because there was incentive alongside the great games. So I don't understand in what world, what universe, what multiverse, where Xbox putting out a stellar lineup of games does not sway people over. And all we've gotten since then are like, okay, at best titles, if that, maybe some good stuff that's also available on PlayStation. But like the heavy hitter stuff from that 360 era, the stuff that got people to be like, you know what, I'm switching over, or at least I'm buying an Xbox. We don't have that. And and that's that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. That's what it's always been. It's been about the games. All the other stuff is great. Building the ecosystem, I love that. It's It's great. But if I don't have the games, like what greatness is that ecosystem? Let's be real. And if it's not about competing and winning, why kill the PS5 version of Redfall, for example? Oh, right? you know what? You know what, Destiny? Why? I'm going to do one better. Not to, not to cut yeah. you off. I'll do one better, right? You know, if the Xbox was out selling PlayStation 2 to 1, certain people over at Xbox would be tweeting about that. Like, oh, look at these great sales numbers. Look at all this. So I'm confused why they'll say something there and then not say it here. But go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. Well, no, I mean... It's it's obviously about winning. Like you've made Starfield exclusive. If it was really about profit margins, you would allow that to release on the PlayStation 5, right? Or why kill the PS5 version of Redfall? Like they were involved enough with Redfall to kill the PS5 version, but not involved enough to, to play it before it released, right? So I don't know. That's a different topic, but they're clearly trying to make exclusives for their brand that are of a certain quality, Redfall wasn't it. They say good stuff's coming. He says he's excited about a vow and whatever. But to Ryan's main point about this topic, the, the interview did not instill confidence in anybody, I don't think. Well, you, Destin, you bring up a good point. And now I, I have ping-ponged in my head so many times. And I know we're, we're years away from this, so it doesn't really matter right now. But I've ping-ponged back and forth a bunch of times about uh, The Elder Scrolls Six and whether or not that's going to be an Xbox exclusive. And and what you were just saying, Destin, has me wondering again. Like, all right, where where are we going to land? Are they going to are they going to take the PS5 sales, which would be a lot, or play, might even be PS6 by then? Quite honestly, but that's we don't need to <laughs> we don't need to get into that piece of it. Or do they try to you know the Elder Scrolls? The Elder Scrolls is arguably these. I would I would actually say right now it's the number one. It has the highest sales potential of anything in the entire Xbox portfolio, and that includes Halo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys would disagree with that. I think there's... No, oh, you're correct. Oh, I agree with that. Especially uh, modern Halo. Look at Skyrim. Well, that. that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, Infinite, you know, hey, again, we loved it, and it's, but it's, you know, I, I don't... Halo is not what it was from a sales juggernaut perspective. Elder Scrolls is... Yes, I know it's been forever since Skyrim came out, but the game sold. It's one of the best-selling games of all time. It's I don't know what if maybe somebody one of the Destiny can look up 
if there's like a quick Google estimate, because I my head wants to say for it's like Halo? fifty or no, no, for uh, Skyrim, uh, I I want to say it's like fifty or sixty million, something like, like it's something insane or thirty million. I feel like Todd Howard told me this million. number. Thank you. Yeah, okay. far more than far thirty more than million. 30. Thank you. Two days ago. So yeah. Wow. So now I'm in now. Oh, 2021. Sorry. Your Destin, your your uh, very astute point there has me wondering, all right, well, which way is it going to go? Now we're five years, five, probably four to five years away from the Elder Scrolls six. What's Phil going to do with that game? Is it going to be on PlayStation or not? But I want to go back to Neo brought up the 360 era. And, and I, I want to circle back to that because it, it will bring me back around to a point about now. Go back to the beginning of the Xbox 360. So you had Robbie Bach and Jay Allard heading up that business. They had a plan. And I encourage all of you to go read the first half of Robbie Bach's book, where he talks about it in detail, because the second half's kind of his it's the second half of his book is not about video games, but the first half of it's basically all about his time at Xbox. So the, Robbie Bach, JLR, those guys, they, they got the original Xbox out there and by design took a huge bath on it. Every original Xbox sold, lost Microsoft a ton of money, but they were doing it on purpose to just get a foothold in this multi-billion dollar console market. But they let, Microsoft, the, the bigger Microsoft let Seamus Blackley, Ed Freeze, and the guys in the garage, they just let them cook. They let them go crazy, and they got the Xbox brand off the ground, which is in, so insanely difficult to do. I mean, Sega had done it and then ended up flaming out because they, they screwed up the Saturn, and then they, they just couldn't get it done with the Dreamcast either. So it's a, it's a really hard thing. And that garage band of original Xbox people, they did it. And then with the 360, they, they were aggressive. They got off to such a strong start. And yes, I acknowledge, again, history. History's all there. I don't need to retread it, but it's they were helped by the fact that Sony was a year late with the PS3. You know, they had that year head start. And more but, expensive. Yeah, the price. I mean, that's right. Mm. Certainly, Sony's made a bunch of moves that didn't work for them. And but, but I want to focus on what Xbox was doing right in that era. The 360 had great. It had a great vision. You had Xbox Live at this at, at the centerpiece of this ecosystem. Achievements, which was a new thing. Sony later copied it with the, their trophies. You had Xbox Live Arcade dropping these cool hand-selected, curated, awesome, smaller games on a weekly basis on every Live Arcade Wednesday. And most importantly, Microsoft went and signed a bunch of third-party games to augment their first-party output that won, that won gamers over that said, yeah, you know what, I love my PS1 and my PS2 was amazing, but wow, these, this Xbox 360 has all this cool stuff. I'm talking about... Let me, let me give you a short list of the first three years of games that were either exclusive to the Xbox 360 or were they were on the system first to the point that they might as well have been exclusives. Call of Duty 2, day one launch title, huge game. Condemned, Project Gotham Racing 3, Fight Night Round 3, The Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion, Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter, Bioshock, Dead Rising, 
Gears of War, Mass Effect, Halo yeah, right. 3, Ninja Gaiden 2, Crackdown, Braid, Limbo, Fable 2, and I could keep going, but mm -hmm. I will stop there. So th mm -hmm. that's just the first few years. That was a Microsoft that wanted to win, and they backed that up with the games that they delivered for their customers and bringing Great people game. into the ecosystem. And again, fully acknowledging Phil's point about digital ecosystems and it being tougher for to convince a gamer to go over to your ecosystem after they've been embedded in another one. So I get that this is a business. The goal of business is to make money. And if you're making a bunch of money, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're in first place or third. If you're making a bunch of money for your company, your shareholders are happy, your bosses are happy, but those are not mutually exclusive things. You can do both. And they did that in the 360 era, or at least did their damnedest. Now, did the PS3 end up outselling the 360 in the, in the end? It did. But for most of that generation, and particularly in North America, the 360 outsold the PlayStation 3 after this was like, after Microsoft had been in the game for four years. It, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's the kind of stuff that, that you can go, that you can do. I mean... I have, I have, I don't know if I've ever, and by the way, this is all stuff, I would have this conversation with Phil, if he were sitting right with us, I would, we would have this chat off the air, on the air, like, we've had interesting conversations off the air before, he's, he's a great guy to talk to, and he'll, he won't, he's not like a PR messaged guy that's just only going to tell you what, ex what he thinks you need to hear, that's, that's not who Phil is, but I just, I, I don't think I've ever respectfully disagreed with Phil more than than when he said that he doesn't think that building great games will bring people to the platform. I, that's, as Neo was saying, I mean, that's exactly what will bring people to your platform and keep them there. Now, he says Starfield being an 11 out of 10 won't make people sell their PS5s. Yeah, he's, he's right about that. Nobody's going to sell their, nobody's going to abandon the PlayStation ecosystem for an 11 out of 10 caliber starfield but this you, year right if you do mm -hmm. enough 11 out of 10 mm -hmm. games obviously that's Talk it if you do enough of these which they did in the 360 era if you do enough of them guess what people will also buy your console the, and then the next time around when we get to the next generation in five ish years from now five six years from now well then that person is going to stop and think. Well, yeah, I've I've got uh, you know I've got I'm in the Sony ecosystem. I like that. I've I've got I've got a bunch of games there. But you know, boy, I've been playing the heck out of my Xbox these last couple of years because they've been delivering banger after banger here. Well, on the Xbox Series Y or PS6, like maybe I'm gonna buy the Xbox first this time. I mean, that's. It's it's just it's not as you know. Phil talked about that you can't. There's there's no reset anymore. Uh, there's no hard reset from the the disc and cartridge era. And he's right. We're in this we're in this softer transition digital ecosystem now. But you can still win those people over. It just takes longer. It's just it is a process. But it absolutely you can eventually migrate those people over to your ecosystem as their default go-to e ecosystem. It's like nobody's going to just dr just drop their their PlayStation instantly. But over time, you do enough great games 
and those people are going to come over. So that's the can end of my something? rant on this. Please. Can I add a little something, a little something to your rant? And this comes courtesy of the, uh, <clears throat> believe it or not, Sony CFO Hiroki Totoki, right? Um, so Sony had their earnings call not too long ago. And one thing that they revealed about the PlayStation 5 in particular is that 30% of the owners of the PS5 have never owned a PS4. 30%, which is a crazy, yeah, that's a crazy lot. statistic to think about. But again, it goes back to having faith in yourself and having faith in the consumers. Of course, no one's going to sell a PS5 if they love their PS5, but they can also have an Xbox. And doesn't Phil also say in gaming, if we all win, everybody wins or something kumbaya along those lines? Like, you don't have to make it so harsh or an ultimatum that if we got to make great games, you have to sell a PlayStation. No. Let Sony cook in their kitchen and Xbox cook in your kitchen. Like we can enjoy everything. We can have fun. Yes. He, I think well there's, said, Stella. there's also something to say about, um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, so like PS5, like, oh, okay. They have like the last of us and everything. That's not going to make me want to switch over, but you know, yeah, a good collection of games that have compiled over time that are still exclusive to that platform. Yes. Xbox has been more and more extending into PC. So I'm, thinking maybe that's what he means because so many things you can get on a pc even with like emulators and such um but also we have to take into consideration that things like um i was talking to one of my friends um their nephews really wanted a ps5 but i was like oh okay so what games does he play they weren't even games that are on the ps5 specifically it's like fortnite call of duty apex all these free-to-play games that you can get anywhere oh overwatch they're they're yeah. all like these games that you can play anywhere so there's like a different ecosystem of games as well so i i'm just trying to like pick his brain right now and figure out like did he mean any of these things or was he just speaking from like a kind of defeated stance you know so i've i've just been trying to like dig through and figure things out because like yeah games are so different from the days where like yeah. you know the 360 came out and part of that too what? and i know destin wanted to jump in here so just a second destin but uh the Crossplay, which is yeah. you know you were you were hinting at that with those that collection of games that yeah. you mentioned, you know crossplay is thanks to that you absolutely can you know you're you don't you're not leaving your friends behind. Yes, I know you have digital purchases in in one ecosystem that that you don't necessarily want to completely walk away from, but at least on the social side, you can still play most of the big games with your friends yeah. because of crossplay, which Microsoft themselves gets credit for. Yeah. They're the ones that have normalized it and dragged, they have dragged Sony kicking and screaming into the crossplay era. And, they, and Microsoft gets the credit for that. So yeah, that's the, the crossplay oh, thing. <laughs> Only like, it's like that, that piece of it is just like, Phil, remember crossplay? Like, yeah, it's, you could still play with those Play, if you if you do like want to get an Xbox and go there, like you can still play with your Sony friends, your friends on PlayStation. It's fine. Destin, please. I've been talking too much. Last of Us won't make you switch. How about Last of Us, Demon Souls, Grand Turismo Seven, Horizon Forbidden West, Ratchet That's exactly and Clank, right. yeah. Spider Man, exactly. Wolverine. He's spitting. He's spitting right, right now. Like you know, Final Fantasy Sixteen. So like, yeah, that one My game man. won't make you do it. But what about that list of games? And then exactly. where's Xbox answer? Like Halo Infinite, 
And then Redfall was supposed to do one of those answers, and it's just not there yet. Phil says he's excited about what's to come. We wait yeah. a long and, time. And to long his credit, time, by the way, to, to his credit mm-hmm. on the interview, he did say, you, sh- you, you absolutely shouldn't believe me until the controller's in your hands. Like, he, he yeah. understands yeah. where the kind of community... Uh, the, the patience level that's run out. So he, you know, he's not oblivious to that. I give him, I give him credit there. So with Sony studios, we expect a certain quality and same with Xbox, but Xbox has consistently over the past, like two, three years have not shown us that quality that we've expected. Not on mm-hmm. a consistent basis, the way Sony has, I think the consistency yeah, exactly. is the difference, right? So yeah. do we need to have, and I know Xbox when they're like, Oh, Microsoft acquired a lot of these studios. They're like, we're going to let you do your own thing. Should they be more invested and like more hands-on with these studios that they've acquired? And if so, that's a lot of people because they have so many studios now. And if they do get uh, Activision Blizzard, that's going to be even more because there's so many other games within that. So I got to ask the panel, do you think that they have to be more hands-on with these studios instead of being like, yeah, they can do whatever because obviously it's not working. I would say absolutely yes. Look at the stories that we've been getting. State of Decay 3 having internal studio strife. The Perfect Dark Studio basically having so many people yeah, leave the that they got to call mm-hmm. call in yeah. Crystal Dynamics for backup. Redfall, look what happened there. Uh, like, like I said, with Redfall specifically, because it's new, they were involved enough to say kill the PlayStation version, but they weren't involved enough to play it long enough to it, notice these problems and delay it or just mm. cancel it, mm. you know? Um, it, it just, something doesn't add up. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's confusing. It's very confusing because... As weird as this sounds, guys, as weird as this sounds, I'm starting to feel like a disappointed parent when it comes to Xbox. Like they're just making all these weird decisions or not making decisions at all that you just look at and you scratch your head like the whole Redfall 60 FPS debacle. Like I got to wonder who is in charge, this committee, this parliament over at Xbox where you couldn't put two and two together that, you know, the performance mode. 60 FPS, what you've been highlighting in all your footage for the past two years, that's maybe something people have expected, especially when you have some of your own people coming on here and saying 30 FPS is in the past. We're now we're now targeting 120. Like it it feels like the times where Phil comes out and yeah, he's being transparent. He says, we'll get it right next time. Why does it feel like this is baby's first game company? Like they're making the decisions that you would expect someone who's never been in gaming before. They're making those mistakes. And I'm 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 just confused at this point more that's, than anything. That's not what it was like a year ago. It wasn't yeah. like that a year ago, you know? And like the, the 60 FPS thing, I'm glad you brought it up because they tweeted that 20 days before the game came, came out. <laughs> like we wouldn't know. If, if you already know that you need to patch the frame rate because it's running poorly, you're telling me you didn't notice the textures also? If you know you got a patch 60 and you want to get rid of the online requirement and you're going to patch that out, there's been no indication at all internally that that game has issues. That's why I still think they need to get it out of the door and get that studio on something new. Yeah, I, I feel like just because they keep trying to acquire all these studios and get more and more and more, a lot of things are falling through and they're not able to really keep track of everything. And it, it feels like they are just trying to like speed run to like this finish line of this grand future that he has set up where like oh pc is also our we want pc to become synonymous with xbox which would be a huge platform but it's not there yet and how are they going to ever have that be stabilized um if people aren't going to invest in that so it goes back to my previous statement about like they're just trying to build a future that like isn't there yet yeah i want to respond to what you said about uh about the about the the how much do you sort of meddle with yeah. the studios, the hands-off versus hands-on? Mm -hmm. I can't remember if I said this on this podcast or if I wrote it in a column, so I'll just keep it quick. But uh, yeah, I think that's a great question to ask yeah. because the the Microsoft of the last of last generation, they that Microsoft would acquire studios and overmanage them into the ground like literally and the, the the unfortunate grand example of this is lionhead you had lionhead that built fable excellent game for the original xbox did it live up to peter molyneux's ultra grand vision maybe not still a great game fable 2 okay, we're getting somewhere with this franchise. You have the dog with you. You have this bigger, realized open world. You have all the Fable charm. Fable's going places. Fable 3, okay, didn't quite, didn't quite get there. 
did you know it happens still still not a bad game by any stretch and then you you as microsoft you you go okay well we're going to pivot this we're going to pivot the entire structure and and <laughs> talent of the studio because Fable's future is as a 4v1 multiplayer game that we're going to call Fable Legends. Yes, sir. People were single, so mad because I was so mad they did that. Dumbest decision that I've ever seen with a franchise. And I, I wrote about it. I actually I was just somebody, it just somebody just mentioned it on Twitter. And I, I went back and like linked that person. I was like, yeah, here's my receipt from when I called out that bullshit at the time. <laughs> I remember playing that at E3. And I remember the I came out and I wrote the headline was Fable Legends forgets what fable what makes Fable great. Mm. And and you, I'll bet if we, if I read that right now, I'd probably get pissed off all over again. Because, oh, man. Oh, I, I got to say, I got to say, Ryan, I'm loving this. I'm loving this arc of yours. <laughs> I feel like Emperor Palpatine in the Death Star just looking like, oh, oh, good, good. Those well, are the type of statements I appreciate for. you encouraging me because now it's <laughs> but but the thing. So just I'm getting off track a little bit, but with, with Lionhead. So they, you know, they they basically had doubled down on this 4v1 effort with Fable to the point where. When they did rightfully cancel it in terms of, you know, like, th th that game were to exist, it just needed to not be Fable. Make it something else. But yeah. when, when, when that game was, when the decision was made, all right, we're going to cancel this. We're not going to put this out. And, and by the way, they made that decision, like, right before it was supposed to come out. But they did. Okay. They didn't put it out. I think that was ultimately the right move. The problem was all of the, the talent of the studio, their their technical expertise their design expertise was all 4v1 multiplayer people so then there was really nowhere they painted themselves into a corner because they can't just go okay well let's make fable 4 now because all the people mm. that were there that the studio had been shaped to build a 4v1 thing uh, and so they shut the studio down and so that's that to me. And there are other examples that's the most egregious one that always sticks out in my head as that that era of Microsoft met just meddling way too much in something that they had acquired. And now this new, this era of, of Microsoft, uh, you know, the, from 2018, 2017, 2018 forward, all, all the recent studio acquisitions, they have to their credit said, and, and publicly on the record said, we are not, we're not going to try and impose our culture on you. Instead, we we're hoping that your, you know, some of your culture will, will bleed into us and make us better. And we're going to just, we're going to stay back here and we're just going to, you know, we're going to give you the resources that you need. And that's great. But I think you make a great point, Stella, that that we have enough of a sample size now from the things that Neo and the things that Destin are talking about where we don't want to go all the way back to, yeah. to old Microsoft where they just, they would just uh, metal these companies into into oblivion, but I yeah I think it's we got to go maybe somewhere in the middle there of mm -hmm. of shaping and guiding these companies towards the bigger like you said it's such a big organization now there's such a big plan you know Phil's talked over and over again about wanting to have one big game drop every quarter yeah on Game Pass that yeah we maybe we maybe we can't just leave. The studios completely alone anymore. Again, not that they're not talented, not that they're not capable, yeah. but in in service of the greater vision for Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda, that we yeah. maybe we do need to 
get a little more involved if we're if we're Microsoft. Yeah, I mean you're slapping a label on it. Yep. Sony yeah. doesn't leave the studios alone. They collaborate. Gorilla helps out mm -hmm. some other studio and mm -hmm. something the God of War team learned. They help out a different studio, you know, like they, they collaborate there. Uh, I know they're trying to do that at Xbox, but that has to have some level of oversight at some point. There's yeah. a synergy that you see with a lot of the PlayStation studios, even if they don't share all the same DNA, they share similar talents. And like you said, like the, uh, the Decima engine, you know, mm -hmm. Yeah, if I had right. to guess, Sony has like a lot of big plans for that engine because them farming it out to Kojima was not a one-off thing. You know, that's something that they see potential in. And I'm trying to figure out like, what is the culture at Xbox? Like, where is the developer synergy? It's like, yeah, we see Buddy Buddy, we see tweets online, but it's like when the game comes out, like 343 is a perfect example. Like, what, what is, what is going on? How could this, how could this happen? time and time again i think that's i think you know again going back to what we talked about before it's not necessarily that red well, yeah redfall it being an issue is a, a big reason but it's just people being tired of being disappointed and they're tired of being tired yeah red, i mean the issue with redfall is you feel like you're lied to you were, we, it was delayed a year mm, it was almost, a year yeah almost a year and it was marketed as the next big thing and look at all Ooh. the stuff you can do with this game don't and do it to it's just just a major flop so it's just like you lied to me <laughs> you lied <laughs> you know. to me yeah. yeah i mean i feel like yeah 343 is like the poster child of xbox right but like to put it like to dumb it down like even the most well-taught and well-mannered child needs a little bit of guidance every now and then and i feel like that's what xbox needs to do with their studios yeah i think to, to neo's point like uh, there's it, it's fair the xbox game studios has grown so fast in the i know you might say well it's been five years ryan that's not fast that between all the acquisitions and then bringing in an entire organization yeah. that was its own thing bethesda and trying to integrate that i saw i i think some i don't know if patience patience is is the right word but i think I, i've got to i got to give them some leash on that to to, you know, okay, like, just, I think, Stella, what you were maybe getting at here, and, and tell me if I'm, I'm right or wrong, that mm -hmm. maybe, and again, we're not pointing out, we're not calling for, we're not calling out individual people, but maybe there is a restructuring needed at the, sort of, at the studios level, like the yeah. studio management level. Not the individual studios, but like the group Xbox yeah, yeah, yeah. games, like Matt yeah. Booty and his team. Maybe, maybe there needs to be some additional positions created or some sort of uh, w structural change to, to better support not only the individual teams like the the Arcane Austins, yeah. but but also support that that bigger vision and have that oversight that sort of 10,000 foot view like okay I can see what all of my chess pieces right. are doing is that yeah that is maybe but, that what yeah. we need here yeah 
and and I, I can't pretend to know like, oh yeah, you would do this and this and this, right? right. I, That's not I have our no expertise. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea, but I feel like some sort of quality assurance with making sure that each of the games like is following this, yeah, like you said, the vision that they have. I think that'd be good, um, especially with like, th- they have teams from all over the place now. Like, how are you going to keep track of what they're doing? Except for like, hey, give, give me an update on what you're doing. It could be completely different from what it is, right? Like when we play... Not to keep coming back to Redfall, but when played the preview build of Redfall, it was so different from the launch version. And maybe Microsoft saw the preview version was like, oh, yeah, this looks great. And then there were tweaks at the end. We're like, oh, we just made a few tweaks. Like, we don't know if there was that miscommunication or not. We have no idea. And so if we do know that there is this like middleman kind of going around this team, I feel like that could help a lot. I mean, it's like it's like with um, marking books with the New York Times bestseller, right? Like you don't not read through it and make sure it's actually of that quality right so something like that uh any final points on this topic from 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 neo from destin we've we've talked a lot here well i mean honestly it 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 goes back to everything we've talked about when it comes to xbox so excuse me if it's sounded like a broken record but I don't want anybody listening to take what we're saying as, oh, y'all hate Xbox. I mean, you already did. You you already looked at this video <laughs> first one minute. Yeah. Like, you know what, you freaking Sony drones? Like, I, I already know that's coming. But all it's going to take for all of us to start singing the praises of Xbox is a nice slew of consistent quality yeah. games. And if that's yeah. over the course of a year or two years, like, absolutely, that that's what happens. Like, you give us good product, good entertainment. We consume it. We love it. We want more. That's what it is. But in times like this, where you need to be critical of these companies, because remember, remember, and Phil brought this up, Redfall is their first game launching at $70. And I know people like to bring up Game Pass as a crutch, but there's a ton of people out there who are not using Game Pass and the people who are on Steam and those people who just want to own their games. And this is the quality that you put out for $70, like $70 argument, whatever aside. That's a lot of money to be asking for people for a game that like even on the box of the game, there's a little note that says 60 FPS is going to be patched soon. Like it's a lot. It's a lot to ask. So all I wish for the best with all Xbox game studios is more consistent management all around. Take the time that you need for the games and just for the leadership just to do a better job. That's it. That's all it is. During the Kind of Funny interview, Phil and uh, Gary Witta talked about learning from your mistakes. Phil, you shouldn't have done the interview. <laughs> First of all, that's my, t- that's my opinion. But take these mistakes and bounce back because this is kind of your last chance to do it, in my opinion. With Starfield, with the rest of the slate, it, you have to hit the stride at some point. And you're getting to that point of losing faith as a customer. And 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 I'll I'll add my final piece here, which will segue us nicely into our. I promise that our next segment that we're going to end with is a fun segment. We, I mean, I. By the way, I'm very proud of of our conversation. I think this has been a really absolutely uh, really good conversation. This is exactly what four friends who like Xbox would would hang out on the weekend and, and, you know, over beers. And we would have this exact conversation if there weren't microphones in front of us, but to, to what, to sort of, uh, build off of both Neo and Destin there, I think again, and Phil said, we, you know, we'll, we shouldn't believe it until the controller's in our hands and he's right. But for a little optimism towards the consistency that Neo is talking about, 
hopefully Redfall was the bottom in that Starfield, September. I'm willing to bet lunch that Forza Motorsport, which, by the way, Forza has been arguably, well, not arguably, no, I don't even think it's arguably. That's one it's, studio. It's, it's, been, alone. it's been the, yeah, most, exactly. reli it's yeah. the most reliable thing yeah. in the entire, I mean, yeah. Forza's never missed. And it's not only has it never missed, yep. it's always been a nine or a 10. So uh, we've got, so Starfield September, Forza Motorsport as a built for next gen from the ground up uh, reboot. They've taken many years to do it. Uh, they've had a ton of time, so a lot of optimism for me there. That game's probably out in October or November. Hellblade 2, which I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic mm -hmm. for, could be one of the most beautiful video games yeah. that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've already seen a six-minute piece of it from the Game Awards last. Was it this most recent one or the one? Anyway, we so we've had a six-minute demo of that. Unreal Engine 5, Ninja Theory, super talented. You know, what does that game make it this year? Maybe I'm personally not counting on that, but if that could, if that's a Q1, Q2, 2024 game, then hopefully we start to build. And you know, where does Avowed come in? I'm hopefully we're going to find out at the showcase. So to Neo's point, there is there is reason for optimism as we start to to look out. Redfall hurt. There's just and it, and it surprised us all in the worst of ways. You know, we we have the pleasure in this business of of often being surprised in the best of ways. Like I hadn't even heard of or, or taken a look at this game, but holy crap, it's amazing. You've got to try it. Unfortunately, sometimes it goes the Redfall way where can't wait for this game. Arcane Austin, killer track record. And oh God, what where happened? Textures? So, you know, there, there is reason for optimism. Now, uh, that's how we'll end that topic. To move to, let's see, we've got 15 minutes for this segment, but I think it should be the perfect amount of time. I thought it would be fun. Uh, again, I I'm a big sports fan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal a Bill Simmons bit here. We're going to do a, uh, an Xbox Games Showcase draft. Now, the, the, the rules are simple here. These are not predictions. We're going to do our okay. prediction show when we get closer for when we all go around and give three we take turns and we give three predictions for things we think are going to happen at the showcase this segment is not that what i want to do here is draft each of us draft the games that we think are going to be there so i'm going to give neo GameSpark the first pick in the draft he's our guest and and neo you're going to pick the game that and i've by the way i'm omitting starfield from this because it is the one game that's already confirmed to be there it's already getting its own direct right after so that's that's not eligible uh but draft the game that you think is most likely to be there we'll we'll go around maybe twice because that'll be eight games and that's probably mm -hmm. maybe a third time if we think we can we can pull it off but we'll just go we'll go around the table We'll do a we'll do a draft, and maybe we can even revisit and see, you know, who kind of came out, who whose whose draft picks end up ended up coming out looking the best after uh, after the showcase ends. So I've made a list here of uh, everything that I think we know about or are you know could reasonably be expected. Neo GameSpark YouTube.com/slash Neo GameSpark. I will give you the first pick in the. Podcast Unlocked Xbox Game Showcase draft of game you think will most likely be there. Ooh, okay. So I am going to place my bets on Avowed. And I know 
we brought it up countless times like oh we want to see a vowed phil mentioned that specifically i think it's been enough time and if there's one thing and i think this studio is probably going to go down as one of the shining gems of acquisitions for xbox do not count obsidian out like just seeing what obsidian has been able to pull off from a very small scale like a passion project like pentiment to working their way up and doing something like the the outer worlds and now they're working grounded out yeah. and grounded grounded continuously is getting support these people if you're talking about the culture and you're talking about things working the way it's supposed to like people always point to insomniac games like insomniac how are they able to handle and manage all this stuff i feel like obsidian could be that studio for xbox and i'm gonna place my bets that we're gonna see avowed at this year's showcase it's been about three years if y'all can believe it or not since the last time they publicly showed it off so i'm gonna go with that yeah we're watching that cg trailer now from 2020 which was uh one of the big standouts and it's that's a bold pick my friend i mean that's you're uh with the number one pick you're yeah i like it avowed as as something you are that confident in that it's going to be there uh still i'm gonna go to you for the second pick in the draft here again this is (laughs) not what you want to see you're drafting the thing that you think is definitely going to be there um helpfully too i mean that's we got the gameplay footage there's no way that they don't show us more gameplay or okay. cinematic or something we'll right give that one to you here yeah solid it's also I, <laughs> go ahead destin yes it's also in the logo <laughs> so kind of like Hellblade like too it's like on the logo that's in aaron greenberg's profile picture is it? so i haven't even I'm, i haven't even yeah. i'm pretty oh, wow. sure it's gonna Destin's be cheating no, I, yeah, I was yeah. Like, I, yeah yeah that's all right just just i don't know if that's forget about aaron greenberg's twitter and bio header thing it's, don't worry about that let's just yeah. don't ruin my segment destin sorry I'm trying sorry. to have a little fun here very excited about hellblade too you know what just for that I'm not going to let you go next. I'm going to go oh. next. That's Dang. how this is going to go. And I'm going to take uh, the absolute slam dunk, take it to the bank. There's no way Forza Motorsport oh. is not there. Oh, yeah. So I, is, I am taking Forza with my first pick in the draft. That is, if it's not there. Some outlandish, outlandish. <laughs> if it's not there, then w- there's a serious problem with Forza Motorsport. So, uh, yes, that that is my first round pick here. Destin. You go Y'all to you took now. everything I was gonna say, like in order. <laughs> so, yes, sir. Oh no! Ag- 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 that's fine. Agree on Avowed. Agree on Hellblade. Agree on Forza. I'm gonna shoot for the fences. Is that how you say it? No, I'm gonna go say. Ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Compulsions next game. They oh, tweeted wow, that something. Is, oh, that was gonna be your first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was actually gonna be. Yeah. yeah, that's your first they, round pick. Wow. Yeah, they that was tweeted be my something. One. They tweeted something that studio was built when the pandemic started. They've been working on whatever it is for a long time. I think we see from Compulsion finally. Okay. I Don't mean, let I... me down, Compulsion. <laughs> that is, a bold, again, a bold first round draft pick. We move to the second round, so we'll go back to Neo here. <sighs> most okay. likely to be at the showcase. Not what you so, want to see, what's most likely hmm. to be there. So part of the reason why I said Fable as my first one is because I, 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 I want to no, you went. You took to a vow. You took a vow. Oh, your you're one. right. You're right. Um, the reason why I said a vow is I want to will it into existence. I didn't want to go for something that's safe. But if I had to pick something that we're going to see at the showcase, I would not be surprised if we end up seeing. Mm. He's elongating his words because he's trying to pick right now. <laughs> Stop reading me. Stop reading me because it's 100% accurate. It's 100% accurate. I am going to say. 
we're probably going to see stop it stella we're probably <laughs> going to see i'm gonna go oh my god contraband all right I thank you I thank it. you i said it i said it <laughs> All right. So Contraband unveiled, uh, if memory serves, two years ago in a CG yeah. trailer. We know zero about this game. We've heard nothing about yes. it since. I think, Neo, that's a solid pick because it seems like time to learn something, learn anything about if this game from Avalanche. I remember this. Yeah. I yeah. was like, yes, give us nothing. <laughs> so, all right. Let's uh, let's see what's what's going on there. Stella, that brings us to you for your second round draft pick in the games most likely to be at the Xbox Game Showcase. I think the Evil Within three because I mean another bold, but you guys, yeah. I'm no impressed way. by these 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 are bold. Here's, a, here's the thing: I, I feel like maybe they only announced that they're just now working on it. That's possible, but also they did just shadow drop a whole ass game. So I'm just like, it's possible they were keeping everything under wraps because they're like, oh, we want to make sure everything. Kind of like me, I don't want to say anything until it's a set deal. So. I mean, it's totally possible. Maybe we get like a CGI trailer on like what the next storyline is going to be. So I don't know. Well, I mean, we talked about this uh, back when the Easter egg popped up in Hi-Fi yes, Rush. Yes, that's right. That we all kind of agreed. Yes, uh, I mean, because we know that Hi-Fi Rush made by a very small team within uh, Tango Gameworks. Yeah. So entirely likely that yeah. The Evil Within 3 is in development, whether it makes its, an appearance, its first mm -hmm. appearance at this showcase remains to be seen. So again, bold second round pick. <laughs> uh, you guys, you are leaving me these slam dunks. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just shack dunk all of these. Oh. So uh, I am gonna go, this, again, this is a dunk. Stalker 2, we're probably going to even get a release date for it because we have, you know, those guys have been working away. Thinking, yeah. they, they were the highlight <laughs> of uh, last year with not only the showcase uh, gameplay demo, but the um, in the extended showcase, we got that very, uh, that extremely moving yeah. piece about developing this game in the middle of, of their home country, their country being invaded. So I think it's time. Stalker 2, they, they'd said, all they said was 2023. Here we are. We're in the middle of the year. So uh, now, what is could I be wrong on this? Because again, they are in actual life and death circumstances. Yeah. A video game is not the most important thing. The game may take even longer. Maybe it is going to be 2024, but I, I think it's time. I, I feel pretty good about this pick. Stalker 2 for my second round pick. Destin, you have the final pick of the second round, and I think we definitely have enough to go around for at least one more round. All right, so my second pick is it's going to be dumb and it's probably going to be wrong. Some major announcement related to the Halo franchise. Okay, we have right. we have that rumored Unreal project, mm -hmm. we or a battle royale. battle royale. I don't know yeah. what it's going to be, but I think Halo will have a spot there. Okay, all right, uh, solid, bold choice there. I like it. All right, two rounds. So yeah, let's let's go let's go around the table one more time because there's still there's a lot of stuff on the table uh, left to be left to be discussed. I mean, uh, we'll see if it, I'm not, I won't mention them now. I'll see if anybody anybody brings them up. Neo, round three, mm. you're on the clock. All right, thank you for the clock, Stella. Uh, all right, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I I don't at this point I'm throwing reason and logic out the window. I'm just doing stuff that I want because maybe in some reality it can come true. I am going to say, I'll go Indiana Jones. I was going to go there with my third round. So I'm glad you did that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, so I'm with you. Heat. I can take the smoke. 
for two particular reasons. One, it's been a while since we've seen some from Machine Games. They've been quiet. And number two, when the showcase lands, if they want to get brand synergy going, there is going to be a new Indiana Jones movie, which from mm-hmm. all accounts where we're hearing, mm-hmm. it might be really good. So what better way to capitalize off of a really good indie movie than, wow, this game that we announced years ago, here's some footage. But that's that's in a perfect world if Xbox knows anything about brand synergy. But I digress. Indiana Jones for my third. That's a great pick. Uh, the, you're right. The Dial of Destiny. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is out uh, less about I guess like two and a half weeks after the showcase. So yeah. great opportunity to to get your your you know gameplay trailer out there, get some kind of some kind of substantial showing of Machine Games' Indiana Jones game out there after, as you noted, Neo, we've only had a tiny CG teaser that that told us really nothing about the game that we just we just watched, courtesy of Super Producer Red. So uh, solid third round pick. Stella, I think this is gonna be the last round of this draft. Yeah. Um I'll say it's software's new game. Okay. It's been a long time. And they just released, well, I don't know how how much uh, hands-on they had with this, but they just released uh, the the mini Doom game on your phone, which I actually... Oh, yeah. That... Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just like, it's spaced out enough. They could probably get their, like, non-mobile team on the next oh, yeah, that was and, like... that was a port of, a, of literally a phone game. Yeah, so yeah, just, yeah. You know, they so... put it out for PC. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, see, this is great. Round three, now you guys are taking the games that I was going to take <laughs> if they were still on the table for round three, because I'm with you. Yeah. It's... It's now been three years since Doom Eternal shipped. It seems like we know that they have their id tech engine that's already next-gen ready because they they did a next-gen update for Doom Eternal. Looks great. Runs great. So, yeah, I, I think it's, I'm with you. I think it's high time for id software to tell us what's up, whether it's a reboot of Quake or something else entirely. All right, so what do I want to do? There's some stuff. I mean, I'm going to just tell you what's on the table still. Fable is on the table. Gears 6, if Miranda were here, Gears 6 would have been drafted mm-hmm. already. Gears 6 is on the table. Uh, Replaced is on the table. I think, you know, that's been shown a couple times, but that's also supposed to be just sometime out in 2023. Another game affected by the uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. State of Decay 3 is still on the board. Everwild from Rare is still mm-hmm. on the board. And Perfect Dark still on the board. So of those, I think... For again, what I most likely think is going to be there for my final pick, my I want my heart wants to say Fable, but I think for again most likely to be there, I'm going to take Everwild because I think it's been yeah. so long. I think it's time for that game to reemerge, show us what it has become and where it is. So I'm taking Everwild with my third round final pick here. Destin, that leaves you as our final final person drafting. So, In Exile has a super secret project, right? Two Unreal Engine 5 RPGs. That's all we know about them. Yes. Yeah. Whatever they're working on, they're showing it. Okay. So that's my third one. I didn't right. want to look at the list. I want to come up with my own That's stuff. cool. So yeah. I, I think... In actually, a lot of people have said Star Wars. They think it's Star Wars, but whatever it is, they're going to show it. Okay. I like that. So to review, here are the games that we think the uh, the 12 games, because we went around three times, the 12 games that we feel most confident will be at the Xbox Game Showcase. Bookmark this. Come back to it on June 11th. We'll see how right we were. We have Forza Motorsport, <laughs> Avowed, St- uh, 
Stella, you're not a game. You're a person. You're on you're down there. Uh, Hellblade 2, which Stella chose. Stalker 2, Contraband, id Software's new game, Compulsion's next game, Everwild, Indiana Jones, The Evil Within 3, a Halo project, and one of Exile's Unreal Engine 5 RPGs. So great draft, my friends. Good stuff. That was fun. We will do more pre-showcase shenanigans uh, in the next few weeks as the showcase gets closer. But for now, we have to quickly, and I do mean quickly, do a an unlock block trivia segment. Uh, Muffin Crumbs, that's his gamer tag, his or her, I'm not sure, actually. In 2008, Microsoft announced that a set of original comedy short films directed by influential horror develop directors would come to Xbox Live. This was back in the Xbox TV days when they were trying to get the that, their actual like watch shows on Xbox thing off the ground that never got off the ground. There was going to be a Forza Motorsport show. Oh. There was going to be, that was, of course, when Halo was in its gest initial gestation phase as a TV show. So... A set, of a set of original comedy short films directed by influential horror directors were going to come to Xbox Live. Quote, it was pitched as the unique concept of masters of horror taking on comedy. We'll see some of the world's greatest, greatest horror directors bringing their comedic visions to life. Three of the following four directors made a comedic sh short film pilot for this event. Who didn't? So one of these, three of these people actually shot something and one of them didn't. Tell me who didn't. We have A, James Wan, B, Zack Snyder, C, David Slade, or D, James Gunn. And I will go, again, we got to go quick here. Neo GameSpark as our guest. I throw it to you. And I will, I will just say, as the host, I did not remember this. This, was, this is a deep cut, great trivia question. I would be guessing on this myself. Okay. Um, I'm going to... All right. So I'm going to rule out James Gunn just because... I, I, he's that type of person I think would do something like this at the time. James Wan, probably. I'm going to say Zack Snyder probably wasn't one of the people. Okay. Uh, Stella, I'll go to you next. Who is C? David Slade, who I confess I'm not personally familiar with. I don't with. know any of these people except for Zack Snyder. I know the other three Gun, guys. So yeah. I'm going to go with James Gunn. Okay. I don't know. All right. Just taking a guess. Justin? <laughs> James Wan. I have no idea. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're going to award a point this week, and it is awarded to our guest, Neo GameSpark. Oh, yes, Zack Snyder. Oh, I got that? No. Hey, all right. <laughs> did not participate in this. The other three gentlemen did. We're Superman, right? Uh, yeah, he did Man of Steel, yeah. BBS, Justice League. Cool. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Muffin Crumbs, thank you so much for that excellent trivia question. And if anybody else out there has an Xbox trivia question, please send it my way so that I can try and test the panel's knowledge with it. You can email me. The address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question for multiple choice answers. Note the correct answer in your email. Don't forget your name and your gamer tag as well. And it is time to roll here. So first, I want to thank Neo GameSpark for making his uh overdue return i'm glad we were able to finally reconnect make this happen you were great my friend so good to see you and do the podcast with you please give yourself a little shout out where can where can our listeners and and viewers find you yeah so if you guys do want to follow me uh it's going to be youtube.com slash neogamespark in addition to my twitter outlet twitter.com slash neogamespark at neogamespark that's where y'all can find me anywhere and again i want to say thank you so much for having me be out, having me back on ryan 
always appreciate ch uh, chopping it up with you, especially today where we just channeled a different kind of energy. <laughs> uh, I definitely look forward to that in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, probably not because I want to be more positive, <laughs> but hey, we got to do what we got to do. Uh, Destin, great seeing you again. And Stella, to awesome you. to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, I need a nap after this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Destin? Hey, yeah, we have a promo going on over at LeGarryBakery.com. I'm taking $5 off all orders. You order more than four, you get $10 off. LeGarryBakery.com for all your cookie needs. Over on IGN, uh, there's some stuff planned, some big stuff. I think you're going to be very happy with us this week. So expect that soon. I can't really talk about it, though. Yeah, These promos fine. are always weird. So, like, yeah, and then YouTube.com slash the Destin channel if you want to see that stuff. <laughs> Only thing I'll take exception with, all of my cookie needs? I have a oh, lot of cookie lot. needs. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I, I don't Try know. Me. I mean, it's bold. Yeah. All, I mean, I've had the, I've had the Legary Bakery cookies, and they are excellent. Mm -hmm. I, I uh, partake in the, the vegan <laughs> version, which is, which is outstanding. But, yeah, you're... That's that is that is bold because again I have I have many cookie needs. Yeah, and also now <laughs> I'm going gluten free because I I have to. So uh, you know, Destin's got a challenge for himself and make it protein based too. I, there you go. There you I go. Think I, I, have, hey, I think I got you that. on that. Right. One, actually, I've been working on that. Excellent. Great. Okay, so he will get there. <laughs> get there. He's working on it, Stella. Yeah, um, you can find me at Parallax Stella everywhere. Um, I am still doing... So the stream for Xbox has not happened yet. That is next Monday, uh, happening at 3 p.m. on the actual official Xbox channel where I'll be playing Jedi Survivor for the first time from the beginning, so there are no spoilers. Uh, and I waited like two weeks before, uh, after it launched to play it, so everyone should be good of spoilers, which is great. So, yeah, really excited. 3 p.m. Pacific on that? Pacific, yes. Pacific. All right, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, of course. I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And yeah, I wrote a, after last week's show, I wrote a an op-ed piece, an opinion piece on the red, the big game, the big game situation that we, you know, spent a lot of time talking about last week, kind of expanding my thoughts on it in terms of like Phil Spencer's legacy and, and that's so... You can either read that on IGN or we, I did make a video version as well. You can watch that on youtube.com slash IGN as well. So I want to thank our super producer, Red, for uh, making this whole thing happen from a technical perspective. Huge shout out to our guest, our friend, Neo Gamespark. Get him over that 60,000 subs hump, my friends. Please, unlocked community. Go sub. Let's, let's get that uh, threshold crossed. And get him on 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 this the next towards seventy. Let's get him going towards seventy k here. So thanks, Neo, Destin, Stella, and Red. I'm Ryan. This was unlocked five ninety four. We will see you all next week. Hey, I'm Jillian Clare, the host of the podcast, Thanks for Coming In. I've accumulated some pretty crazy audition stories over the past 20 years, and so have my friends. And I was like, you know what? No, not going to do this. And then Disney calls and is like, we need you to come test for the Ant-Man movies. I didn't know if my scene was going to get cut or not. Ooh, I could play that. Tune in every Thursday to hear your favorite actors tell the funniest, saddest, and most cringeworthy audition stories. Sometimes even the one that got away. Thanks for Coming In is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.